Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Lockdown Indians podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis. Today's show, I wanted to do something fun, and I thought now is the perfect time as I'm getting more prospect questions on Twitter and the like to not do a top 10 prospects, but let's do a top prospect per position. So on today's show, we're going to talk about hitters. If you tune into tomorrow's show, we'll talk about pitching and some of the bench players. Uh, I'm pretty sure just trying to get through nine hitters today. We're not going to hit DH. That'll also be part of tomorrow is going to take the whole show today. So it's all prospects, top prospect for the Cleveland Indians at each position. Before we get into that, though, I want to make sure to talk about our sponsor today, rockauto.com. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. With the World Series going on, we talked about that on last week's show. Uh, I predicted the Rays in seven, so I need the Rays to win these next two to uh, to end up being correct. We'll see whether or not uh, my prediction pulls through. Uh, it's been a fun series. I hope people are watching. I know the Indians aren't in there, but there are, as we mentioned again on the show last week, a lot of connections to the Cleveland Indians uh, in that game. Those teams both have two of the best minor league systems in baseball, and they've mostly built those teams thanks to that minor league system. Yes, the Dodgers have signed some big-name players, but they've also gone out and traded to add uh, talent over the years. And the Rays are com- almost completely homegrown, uh, except for that Chris Archer trade. Where they, you know, they acquired Archer, and then they flipped him to the Pirates, and that has turned into just uh, – that's their version of the Cliff Lee deal, right, at this point in time, when you look at what they got from that. So prospects, especially when you are a small market team, are the only way you're going to have a chance to contend. It's the only way you can compete. And the Indians' offensive issues are glaring. So I thought we'd start there, start talking about prospects. So let's just start at catcher. This is one of those that uh, is easy. There's not really a whole lot of debate. It is Bo Naylor. He is the number one catcher in system. He's one of the best catching prospects in baseball. Yes, younger brother of Josh Naylor, though Bo, when they were both still prospects, was considered the better prospect. Uh, there was some debate with him that maybe he'd move to third base uh, instead of being a catcher. I think most people now think and agree he's a catcher. He may not be a gold glove type of catcher, but he should be a solid catcher behind the plate. He's always been someone the Indians have challenged. They put him at levels where he's one of the youngest players, and they have pushed him very aggressively in the system, and he's performed well for them. Uh, the Indians have not had a lot of luck in terms of catcher development when you get right down to it. Through the past few years, I know someone out there is probably screaming about Mejia. Mejia has not done anything in the majors yet, so I still don't want to exactly count him as a great developmental story. Yes, Roberto Perez worked out. Uh, He was kind of a surprise find for them. The other catchers in the system, the only other guy just to mention, I think your sleeper guy to look out for is Brian Levastida, who was a recent draft pick. Uh, Had some really interesting numbers in 2019. Would have loved to have seen what he could have built on one of those kind of your deep sleeper guys. Someone I would probably have in the 20 to 30 prospect range. So Bo Naylor. First base, I don't have a single first base prospect amongst my Indians top 30 prospects. That is right. I do not have Bobby Bradley in there. So I decided to be creative here and I wanted to get a bat in there who doesn't have a design or, you know, defined position necessarily. So the bat that stood out is Aaron Brocchio, the, or Aaron Brocco the second baseman slash shortstop dealt with some injuries, but he can hit five foot 11, probably going to move to second base long-term, but may not 
be more than average there. So long-term might be best served as a DH type, maybe a first base type, but I complete uh, use of the fields, advanced approach. He's one of those guys, if he hadn't missed time due to injury early on, um, he'd probably be one of the top three prospects in system. I feel like right now he'd have had a chance to perform at the higher levels of the minors. We would have seen more of him. And without a defined first base prospect, unless I move Nolan Jones there, um, if I did that, uh, Brock, I'm going to butcher his name again, Aaron Brocco, Brocco his, uh, his arm is not good enough for third base. So I decided I wanted to get him in there. I thought he was a valuable player who made sense for this team. Uh, one of the best hit profiles right now in the minor league systems. So as we move across the diamond going to second base, who do you put at second base when there is such a wealth of options between second base and shortstop? I think there's clearly two guys who are at the top of the list for your middle infield and then 15 interesting players after that. And yes, that's a bit of an exaggeration, but not that much of an exaggeration. They're up the middle depth in this system is unbelievable. Um, Brian Rocoyo, who I'm not going to necessarily talk about today, is like top five on most lists. He's not there for me. Um, if you've never caught the podcast before, heard me talk about prospects, um, I put a high, high, high evaluation on level performance, uh, not necessarily age relative to level that does play a component. And that is something we know over the years, the Indians are big fans of, but more the, I've seen too many guys flame out in the lower minors, uh, that I I'm waiting to see a guy perform in high a double a triple a before I get fully on board with performance or in the lower minors, they just have to light it up unbelievably. So when you're looking at this, I decided Ty Freeman at second base, who's the number three player in the system for me right now. Safe profile, hits well, um, decent walk rate. I'm not sure if he's going to do anything plus. He might just be average tools across the board, but that is certainly enough to be a starting second baseman in baseball. Um, one of those guys is a you know the classic kind of dirtbag profile. Uh, in the positive way, not in the negative way. But he's going to just do enough to be probably a guy who's going to hit somewhere at the top of a lineup and be productive. Um, you know, Not necessarily prime Kipnis, but something close to that, I think you could see with Freeman. Shortstop, Gabriel Arias was, I think, the centerpiece of the Clevenger trade. He made some big gains a year ago, some really solid improvement in San Diego's system. We didn't get to see those continued gains because of how the system worked this year with teams and those offsites and most people not getting access. Uh, some did broadcast their offsites, which was nice, but a lot of teams just didn't even share that data that they had. He showed enough improvement, potential gold glove shortstop, one of the top defenders already in the Indian system as a shortstop uh, by all reports that I got from him and just talking to people, big time power potential. Only question is the, the hit tool. Is he going to hit enough? The Indians don't like to gamble on that profile typically, which is interesting to me that they did. Uh, so taking that player there, I think, is a sign that they really believe in his ability and what he can become as a hitter. So, again, I think he was far and away the centerpiece of the Clevenger deal. And anyone treating any other piece in there, uh, higher rated, I think just is not dead on. I think this is the guy they targeted. I think they valued him a ton, and much like we saw when they targeted Emmanuel Classe, who I'll talk about tomorrow on the pitching side of things, uh, they're looking for elite tools and high ceiling upside up the middle, 
and that is what uh, Arias provides. Third baseman, already mentioned this, uh, Nolan Jones. I won't go too deep here. Everyone should know Nolan Jones. Top prospect in the system. Only question is, is he going to hit lefties enough? Uh, kind of surprised I've never tried him in the outfield with all the Indians issues in the outfield. There's a long time when he was drafted or most he was drafted as a shortstop out of, I want to say Holy Ghost in Pennsylvania. It was definitely Pennsylvania. Can't remember exactly if it was Holy Ghost High School or not. But he was always viewed to, he was going to move off. He's going to get too big. And he's a, a large human being. Uh, does he go to third base? Does he go to outfield? I've always been surprised that they haven't tried him in the outfield, especially as it's become clear that Jose Ramirez is set at third. That is his position. That's where he wants to be. Nolan Jones, and I mean this as positively as possible, is Russell Brannion plus Russell Brannion 2.0. Um, you might think, oh, well, Russell Brannion struggled to play in the big leagues for an extended period of time. Different era. When you look at the game today and how much a guy who walks at a high percentage and hits a ton of home runs, Russell Brannion would have probably, if he was playing now, and not just because of inflation, but if he was in the game now, would have made, I I guess, something like three to four times as much money as he made during his lifetime, just as we've seen a switch in thought, idea, and ways the players are evaluated. So Jones has that big explosive power. Big questions if he'll ever hit lefties. But you can just put him in there against righties. He's going to walk a lot. He's going to strike out a lot. He's going to hit 30-plus home runs multiple, multiple, multiple times. Today's show, as I mentioned at the very top of it, is brought to you by rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is impossible to stock all of the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions and wait while a counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing his brands that his warehouse has? You have a computer. As a matter of fact, you have one in your pocket at all times anymore. So why not go to rockauto.com instead of letting them pick a brand because that is what they have. You pick a brand that works for you. You pick the product that goes to your car. And the thing I always talk about with Rock Auto is since it is, it's a family owned business and it's a, it's been around for over 20 years and it's a centralized location. They're cutting down on overhead and that is how they save the money. And when they save that money, they're passing that savings on to you, the consumer, because they want you to come back. If they can be the, if they can sell reliable products at great prices, which is exactly what they do, you are not going to come and get one part. You're going to keep coming back. And when you go there and you check out rockauto.com, in the how did you hear about us box, type locked on, locked on Indians, locked on MLB. Some version, just make sure you know locked on, send them. Amazing selections, reliably low prices, easy to navigate website, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. So we've got our infield done, right? We've got the post break. Let's just do a quick recap. Uh, Bo Naylor at catcher. First baseman, Aaron Bracco. No. Second baseman, Ty Freeman. Shortstop, Gabriel Arias. Third baseman, Nolan Jones. Outfield is not a depth of the Indians minor league system. Uh, I'm just going to be honest with that. It was... For me, there were really only three names that popped up. Uh, I did consider putting Nolan Jones in the outfield as I thought he could probably handle. He's got an arm to play right field, and he's a better athlete than he gets credit for, and I think he could certainly handle a right or left field. Uh, again, with his arm, right would be better. But if I'm looking just at outfielders, since I already have one guy playing out of position on this team, I thought there's, there's the obvious, George Valera who is part of that triumvirate of top three prospects along with Nolan Jones and Ty Freeman. 
very exciting young player. Not the best athlete. Uh, has played mostly center. I think we will probably move to the corner. But has shown power potential. He walks at a good rate. He's got all the tools you want to see in the box for a future middle-of-the-order hitter. There's a lot of scouting reports to talk about the great hit tool. I haven't seen that as much reflected in the statistical analysis based on where he is and the things I typically look at to help me judge if a player is going to have a stronger ability as a hitter. Uh, the power potential, though, is what stands out, and that's what makes him special. Again, someone they've aggressively pushed relative to his age. Could he be there in 2021? If he had been fully healthy, I think he would have ended 2020. If, well, he had been fully healthy. Let me change that. If the world had been fully healthy in 2020, I think he ends the year in double A, which would have put him on pace to be up with the Indians in uh, 2021. I mean, at the end of last year, I'd have told you Nolan Jones was going to be with the Indians at some point in 2020, especially because they have to add him to the uh, 40 man at the end of the season. Just didn't happen. Valeric could be someone. I'll put it that way. He could be an outfielder that helps the Indians next year. An outfielder who should help them next year is Daniel Johnson. I was really surprised that he got such a small opportunity with the Indians. The tools are there. Always been an extremely athletic player. The question was, would he hit enough to access it? And then he had a fantastic year in the minors in 2019, playing across multiple levels. Uh, the power, the speed, the arm, everything's there. Um, especially if the Indians choose to not pick up uh, Naquin's arbitration year, if they choose to designate or waive him. Johnson is the natural platoon candidate for uh, Luplo. And I would think sooner rather than later, he'll move into that role. And honestly, with the revolving door the Indians had at center field, um, Johnson could have given them as much defense as DeShields gave them with a much better arm. And I have a hard time believing he couldn't have out hit DeShields or Mercado this past year. Uh, he should definitely be start part of the plan for next year. And then to get another outfielder, I had to go down to Petey Halpin. If you don't know Petey Halpin, he was a draft pick this past year in 2020, a California high school kid. Uh, Pete Crow Armstrong was like the big name at various points in time for the 2020 draft. Uh, his mom was the mom in Rookie of the Year. She was an actress. I believe that is the movie, the baseball movie that his mom was in. Um, but, you know, famous family, on the radar, really good tools. He goes to the Mets in the first round. My not-so-hot take, or maybe my so very, very hot take, but I've seen other people agree with me, so I don't think it's that big of a hot take, is Halpin and Crow Armstrong are not, all that dissimilar that that they could really end up being about the same talent level. Uh, and the Indians got him in the third round, but they saved pool money to give him the equivalent of second round money. Undersized young for his class, another advanced approach using the whole field. Only question is, will they repower a full four tool guy looking more at maybe a, a gap power player, but and frankly, with what the Indians have produced in their outfield over the past few years, I would take a three-tool player. Um, it has been such an issue for them. So if you can get Petey Halpin to be a guy who hits for average, walks, uses the whole field, and has like 20 doubles a year, um, I will sign up for that tomorrow for any Indians outfielder. And since we do have a little bit of time, utility player, Owen Miller, uh, another part of that Clevenger deal, certainly named to know, as I think he could be uh, up for a gig next year with the Indians. He does not have to be rostered uh, this offseason, so 
that does count against his uh, the Indians adding him. They often don't add players early to the 40-man, but I believe he'd have to be added at the end of the season, so that is less of a deal. Uh, highly productive player throughout his time, quickly going through San Diego system. Second baseman, shortstop, uh, would have been in AAA for a good chunk of the year. I put him up over Ernie Clement right now as a kind of high-end utility player. And I know I need to go ahead and throw in a DH, which you would think with everything else going on, I would have remembered a DH. It's not like the Indians are a National League team that doesn't use a DH in most years. Uh, in terms of just looking at the, the Indians and knowing the overall breakdown of the team, the question becomes, do you look at skills or do you look at uh, power potential, uh, what way you kind of want to look for your DH, just pure ability as a hitter. And I think for me, this is where I bring in Brian Rocolio. If everything is, you know, working with him, there's the potential for plus hit above average power. Uh, yes, a lot of his value does come defensively, but he can run, he can hit, he can maybe more average power than above average power, but he's probably the biggest name prospect they do not have currently on this list. Pure power. Um, the Indians don't have a lot of those guys uh, just in general to jump out at me, at least in the upper minors. Um, if you're curious about Will Ben, who was the first round pick the year they took Nolan Jones. He's not a top 30 guy for me. Just not someone who stands out. Uh, I, I just don't see it coming together there. And a lot of the other prospects are the light hitting infield types or just the super young uh, infield types that I have not had as much exposure or, or knowledge of outside of like, hey, they signed for a lot of money. Guys like Angel Martinez, Junior San Quentin, uh, Gabriel Rodriguez, Jose Tenia come to mind. I do like Richard Palacios a lot. He is another guy who got hurt. Um, so we missed out on seeing him get an opportunity to play. He came out of Townsend. I mentioned La Vestida. Those are kind of the, the next group of hitters. Uh, I've always been intrigued by Jonathan Rodriguez, who's another outfielder. Uh, they took a few years ago, and he was like the youngest player in the draft uh, that year. He's not had a chance to, to really show all of his skills. And while it seems at the end here, I'm, I'm maybe reaching a bit. I'll, I'll own that, that there is kind of a set area. And then after those players, it's, a bunch of guys in rookie ball or a bunch of guys that maybe I am just not as high on compared to the field. The pitching one, when I dive into that tomorrow is a list that could pretty much go on forever and ever and ever. Uh, I have easily six guys in the pen and five starters. And that is leaving off several guys who would probably rank in the top 20. Um, much like I gave kind of Brian Levestita is my sleeper amongst all the hitters. I do have a, a sleeper specifically amongst the, uh, the pitcher group to check out. And yeah, I, I would really recommend tuning in tomorrow. Um, the hitters are always interesting. It's the sexier section to talk about, but it is the pitching that really drives this system. And even with all their graduations over the past few years, uh, they're still loaded with interesting, a mix of high ceiling, interesting arms with front of the line potential and a lot of safe developmental arms that are exactly what the Indians have excelled at. The guys like Aaron Savali, Shane Bieber, Zach Plesak, Tristan McKenzie. These were all pitchers of a similar ilk in the lower minors in terms of what they could do and what the Indians excelled working with. So if you want to find out who could be the next player in that line, check in tomorrow. 
Uh, if you want to find out who's going to be in the next parts of the bullpen, I got three names at the top of the list. You should all help the Indians bullpen next year, specifically, and maybe not specifically, but especially with a likely um, trading of Brad Hand or possibly not even picking up his option. So join me tomorrow. It's going to be a fun talk. Uh, I've been Jeff Ellis. This has been the Locked on Indians podcast. I want to thank WKYC Cleveland uh, for letting me come on and talk about prospects. Uh, it's always a thrill to get to do this, A, and B. I just love talking about prospects in the draft. Uh, it's, it's just something that I can talk about for hours. You can find me on Twitter at Jeff MLB Draft, just like it says on the screen there. Uh, remember to